this episode of the Culture Pop Podcast, Sue Kalinsky talks about what makes a great stand-up comic. I talk about two of my least favorite words right now, journey and entrepreneur. And our friend O'Shea Jackson Jr. joins the show. He's one of the stars of the Disney Plus series Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is coming out for Memorial Day weekend. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and at stevemason.com. And don't forget, leave us a rating and a review. The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob M. Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob M. Ronnie. Call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Everybody, welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue, in the business, we like to call this Take Three. <laughs> we'll get it right. We are off to a rough start. Uh, it is Saturday, May the 7th, 10.39 a.m. in the morning. You know what I like about that? We don't have to wake up at the crack of 9 a.m. to do this. Yeah, and that is the beauty. And also, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I run on Saturdays usually, and I haven't been checking the running schedule because you know I've been out of town, I've been busy, and, um, you know, if you're not going to show up, you really need to let them know. I mean, it's just respectful because then there's they're like, oh, where's Sue? You know, we're people Sue are waiting. waiting. Yeah. So I got up at six. I just happened to get up at six, and I went on the site on Facebook, and I saw the greatest thing in the world. The new season of running starts June 4th. So there was oh, no, nice. no running this morning. No running. That's good. That's yeah. good. So I didn't so feel you, guilty. You've been seeing some comedy. Now, I don't understand. Netflix is a joke. Are they filming these or is it a celebration of comedy or what is the Netflix is a joke thing? It looks like it's just comedy shows celebrating comedy because I didn't see any cameras anywhere. Yeah. So who have you seen? I saw Colin Quinn. Um... And then I saw Judy Gold last night. Oh, oh my God! I haven't seen Judy do stand up in a long time. She pretty, uh, she pretty sedate. She pretty calm. Oh yeah, she's so <laughs> mellow. <laughs> she is so hysterically funny. Yeah, she is funny. She. I mean, is Colin funny. was incredible too, but he's you know he's a, he's a different. He's a different vibe. You know who Colin? Rem- Colin reminds me of your husband. Oh yeah, he's I, got I the same that. sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, about them. We're going to see Amy Schumer tonight. Oh, cool. Where's she? She's at the Ace Hotel downtown. Oh, neat. Yeah, so we're going to go see Amy Schumer, see what she says about the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> she was right there for it. Right there for it. She's, she is. Now, if you were to think of the, and this is not fair because you're friends with a lot of the, but if you were to rank order like your top couple of comics right now, who would they be? Oh boy, you know it's a tough one. Um, I mean, Colin, of course, he's one of my all-time favorites. He's yeah. just so brilliantly funny. Judy uh, is up there just because she's she's just pure honesty, and she she doesn't hold back on anything, Mm-mm. and um, and she's silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen Amy in forever. Um. I mean, Chris Rock is always up there for me. Um, 
I haven't seen Louis C.K. since his whole debacle, but I was with Carol Liefer last night and she said that his new special is insanely good. Oh, really? Uh huh. Um, I like a guy named Gary Goldman. I don't know if you know who he is. I don't think is. I know him. No. Gary's great. He had a uh, he had a special called um, The Big Depression. Okay. Where he talked about. Oh, depression. you've told me about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's really really great comedian. Um, I just love comics that that have a message. And it's interesting because when when we interviewed Robert Klein, I had there's a documentary that he did in 2014, and he always talked about. Um, speaking your truth and even silver who we're doing the documentary on that's something that she always instilled in comment comics it's that believability that personal because there was a comedian i'm not going to mention her name but there was a comedian that went on before judy and she's newer um so you watch her and then you see someone like judy and so it's kind of not fair in some ways you know right right but but you can like you can see such a difference in somebody who is just telling jokes where it's not coming from this. It's not coming from inside. It's like, I think this is funny. So I'm going to say this. Yes. Whereas Judy, like when she talks about her relationship with her girlfriend and then gives examples of what she means. Yeah. You're there. Right. And and you're relating to it. And it's just it's just real. Well, you know, it's it is it probably I'm guessing it's a little bit like I've been on the radio for 45 years um, Mm -hmm. and it took me a long time to find my voice. Like Mm -hmm. for a long time, I was just doing radio. Um, And at some point along the way, I started just being me. Mm-hmm. And there's there's like a dividing line there. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I remember the first time I saw Jerry Seinfeld and this was pretty early in his career. And what I what impressed me the most about him and I was kind of envious of it was that you you felt as an audience member, you felt like you were sitting in his living room and he was just talking to you mm, yeah. and he was so himself. And Jerry is a kind of guy who kind of tells jokes i mean he's not a a real personal comedian no but it was it was that it was that comfortable it was that cozy um it there was not a false note in any of 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 who he was on stage and um you know the really great ones have that yeah yeah how long did it take you to get it oh god you know it it it, I don't know, probably eight years, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe even longer because, you know, forget I was an impressionist when I first started. So that was like, that was nothing of me. By the way, you know what feedback I've gotten from the interview with you uh, that we did that, that ran on, on culture pop was uh, why, why didn't you ask Sue to do any impressions? Everybody, <laughs> I've had five people say, yeah, I mean, she talks about being, and then she doesn't do any impressions, Yeah, but you well, don't really, you're not up to date on them, right? Nah, I mean, no, I'm not. And, you know, I've done them so many times on this, on the podcast. Yes. You know, I've done them a bunch of times. They yeah, just you didn't, have. didn't, didn't hear those, those shows. Um, yeah. It's, I'm just, I'm just over it. You know, I'm just, <laughs> just I'm so over the it. The impression thing. I've been over it a long time. <laughs> I've been done with that. Done like with if that. I, if I'm, if I'm with friends, 
you know, and, uh, you know, we'll joke about something and, you know, you know, we maybe mention something about, you know, Johnny Carson or, or even if it, if it calls for like a Johnny Carson, you know, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, so anyway, you know, I mean, I'll come out and I'll, I'll say something, but if it doesn't, I don't like doing them. You know, my dad used to uh, do a Johnny Carson impression. It wasn't really an impression. He would just say it. He would say uh, when a funny fact would come out, my dad would say, I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that. And then he would always add this. Do you know who said that? I'm like, oh, my God, Dad, you did that like five (laughs) times. (laughs) Yes, Johnny Carson said that. We do know that. I did not know that. It's my so, dad would say it's so fun. It's such a dad or a parent thing. I, I remember when I was dating Kenny, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but the, before I met him for the first time, Kenny warned me that his father was obsessed with Regis Philbin. Oh, and he said, I every Regis. time I see my dad, he always brings up Regis Philbin. <laughs> I never know when it's going to happen. But there's not one time where his name does not come out of his mouth. So he just warned me about it. So, you know, I meet his dad and we're hanging out. And I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes into meeting him. Sure enough, he mentions Regis Philbin. So then it became a joke with Kenny and I, like we bet each other. He says, what do you think? Like when the first, within the first five minutes, like, like, we just, like trying to figure out when he was going to do it. And it's the truth. I knew his dad for, I don't know, 30 something years. Every time I was in his presence, he talked about Regis. And even after Regis Regis had passed away, you know, he still talked about Regis. So my grandmother, God bless her, Rose Santa Cruz uh, in Altoona, Pennsylvania, passed away a number of years back at the age of 90 something. And uh, she was a huge Regis fan. And so Regis was a big Notre Dame football fan. So when Notre Dame played USC one year, uh, I'm a Trojans fan. We had Regis. And I'm like, uh, God, you know what would be really cool is if I got my grandmother, Rose Santa Cruz, on the phone with Regis, it would just make her day. It would be so exciting. So I, I called, we, we called her Gable. I, uh, Gable, we called Gable. I got her on the phone with Regis Philbin and Reed says, Rose, how are you? And uh, my grandmother says, well, not too good, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> like she talks to him all the time. <laughs> yeah. and, and she was having a good day or was having a physical thing. Not too good, Regis. I couldn't you buck up at least for the conversation with Regis Philbin, this guy you spend every mid-morning with? Not like she didn't good, even have Reg. like a surprise reaction that she was talking to him. No, it was just Regis. Oh, Reg is on the phone. Oh, oh here we go again. <laughs> oh, not Reg again. So uh, I wanted to ask you, you've, you've got some stuff picked out. We've got O'Shea Jackson Jr. coming up on the show, which he's always fantastic. But you, you pulled some, uh, some of Sue's news, we like to call it. Uh, what do you got today? The last time I talked to you, you were... You had a hamster that was picking cryptocurrencies. So you never know what's going to come up on Sue's news. Okay. So, I mean, do you, is there ever a time when like you've been in a relationship and you've heard yourself say to somebody, um, my boyfriend or, you know, whatever, um, won't let me do that. Have you ever said anything like that? Said, so. 
with with my current partner or with any partner with any partner oh right? yeah no i of course yeah you you you're sort of playing by each other's guidelines a little bit right oh you don't want to do that okay we won't do it it's I, not, I no 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 i don't mean that i mean like you want to do something and you say to somebody somebody will say um Hey, you want to come, you know, meet me for a drink and they'll say, and then you'll, you know, the person would say, oh no, he won't let me do that. Oh, interesting. Like, like, like where the person kind of controls your behavior. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've been in situations like that. Although I tend to think I'm probably the, the grantor of permission as opposed to the other way around. Like I can imagine I'm like pretty much fine. You go do what you, you go do you? Uh, but I, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So there's this guy who's in a relationship with his girlfriend. Um, they're living together mm-hmm. and he's not letting her take hot showers because mm. he thinks that um, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. So he decided to temporarily. Um, oh, he's living with her to help her out to commute to work. All right. So, so he, he, uh, he, he's been telling her that she has to use a dehumidifier in the bathroom. Um, he's telling her you got to open the windows. Um, and then he told her um, if she didn't do what he told her, he was going to he was going to move out. He was going to break up with her. OK. And uh, and then he took the lock off the bathroom door. So he, so can, he check. can so he can walk in and micromanage her shower <laughs> taking. And then he said, he said something like, since I, since taking the lock off, he's noticed a change in her. Really? No shit, Sherlock. (laughs) So it's, it's just a controlling thing. Correct. Yeah. Like, like, like I've, I've, I've known women in my life that would say something like, no, he won't let me do that. And I, I look at them and say, how old are you? I mean, really? Like, I mean, you do you have to ask permission? I mean, I think it's respectful to check with your partner, you know. Sure. Um, but when somebody says to you, "You're not allowed to do that," yeah, that's um, a little over the line. That's a little creepy to me. Do yeah. these people have names, or are they just just a random? Yeah, they're just story, random. just a headline. My yeah. my husband won't let me. Is it? Is that kind of the? Yeah, Just well, it says, well, this, I love, I love this. A lot of people are taking to Reddit for their advice. It's oh, like, yeah, no, Reddit. It, yeah, Reddit. It's, it's like therapy are, for, it's like therapy for people. It's, it's a, like, no, it's Reddit, a, Reddit, Reddit told me to do it's this. It's a very angry, mean place. Yeah. yeah and I Reddit. never go on Reddit. So, so it, it, it starts with a man, a man <laughs> took to Reddit to ask users whether he was in the wrong for looking out for his girlfriend's health by banning her uh, from having hot showers. But people slammed him for being controlling. That's just controlling. Who doesn't like a hot shower? Why would you? Why would you let somebody even stop you from taking a hot? I take a ten-minute hot shower every morning. I yeah. like, I don't even know if I would be able to get out of bed and function without a hot shower. Well, it's kind of like being with people who are always telling you what's right for you because it doesn't work for them. Yes, you know, like. You know, someone saying, oh, you know, you should you should put butter on that. And it's like, I don't eat butter. You know, no, you should eat butter on that. And it's like, I don't want butter. On it. <laughs> you like butter on it, you yeah. know, or, you know, you should, uh, you know, you should wear your shirt like that. 
No, it's inside out. You, <laughs> I'll you wear know, my shirt inside out. I there's a guy years ago, an actor friend of mine, who would always try to tell me what to do without telling me what to do. Okay. Uh, passive aggressive. Very passive aggressive. So I remember reaching into a, a bowl full of trail mix. And the guy says to me, Lawrence was his name. Lawrence says, would you like to know my experience of trail mix? In other words, he was going to talk me out of it. And I'm like, let me guess. Your experience of trail mix was you took some, you put it in your mouth, you chewed it, and you swallowed it, and that was it. What do you want to know my experience of trail mix? No, I don't want to know your experience. I bet it's going to be very similar to my experience that I have when I eat this trail mix. Do you want to know my experience of trail mix? Right. Like I remember years ago, someone saying to me, because I, I, I said that if I got married, um, I wouldn't want like a huge wedding. Yes. And uh, a girlfriend of mine said, um, oh, why would you rob yourself of that? And I said, well, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I don't, it wouldn't be robbing myself. Well, why wouldn't you? And I said, because I just don't. I want something more intimate. And she's like, oh, I, I think I think that's wrong. And I looked at her and I said, <laughs> it would be wrong for you. You obviously want a big wedding. Yes. That's that's your life. You know, it's like people who just think that they're you or that you should do what, what they do. They are the most annoying group of people yeah, they are. in the world. They are rough. They are rough. Yeah, I don't like to be told what to do. Now, one, I do pretty much what I'm told. I, okay, now let me think about that. So I don't want to be told what to do, but one, I pretty much do whatever he says. So, but that's voluntary. It's not, yeah, do you want different. to know the experience, my, my trail mix experience? Right. And it's not kind of taking you out of your game, you know, who right. you are. Like whenever somebody tries to, you know, make me be somebody that I'm not, you know, and they're doing it because they think it's best for me. Yes. It's like it's best for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, the, well, there's this whole idea. You, you said it earlier, this idea of my truth, right? Yes. Okay. So there's really only one truth, right? There's my truth, your truth, and the truth. So, so John Ireland, who I work with on the radio, always says, there's no such thing as my truth because there is an objective truth, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I guess, I guess, you know, it's, it's kind of like, but, but there's, there's like a fine line though, you know, like when you say your truth, my truth, yes, in, in the scope of life, there is a truth, but, but people have their interpretation of yes. what is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it. never been more apparent than these last of, know, of course. four or five years. Yeah. You know, that's one of those ones. That one doesn't bother. The one that bothers me is journey. I'm so tired of people being on their journey. It's like, yeah, we're all living life, but it's like on my journey, it sounds so snooty on my journey. Yeah. I hate that. And then the other one I hate, and I was with, I uh, hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast, uh, but the other one, uh, I, I took a, a listener to a Dodger game the other night and I asked him, so what do you do for a living? He said, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, oh, that's great. What kind of, what kind of uh, entrepreneur? He goes, well, do you do? 
yeah, he's like, uh, what, you know, technology and music and uh, food. I'm like, okay, so what is that? What does that come from? I don't know. I'm just sort of like consulting right now. So he's an entrepreneur. Anybody can say they're an entrepreneur all of a sudden, even if you're not inventing any new thing. Right. And anybody can say they're a consultant. <laughs> I'm a consultant and an entrepreneur. These are two meaningless titles. I just got a text message. I wanted to mention it uh, okay. because it's very weird. Um, this is from 307, which is, I think, is a Wyoming area code. Okay. And it says, what's up, Josiah? Next time there's a party like last night's, would you want to go with me? This is Margo, by the way. Now, Josiah, how did I get on that chain? That, and this is, this is a text? It's a text message, yes. Well, you know, <laughs> I get... <laughs> I get some really I'm thinking like, about what I could answer back. Like, like Josiah says, don't ever contact me again. Margo. <laughs> well, I'm obviously she thought that she put in Josiah's number. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. But I get like really creepy, like weird sexual texts. It's like you, group, I will occasionally get one of those. Like yeah. a group thing. And you, and there's no way you can, um, figure out who it's actually from. Oh no, it's there's it, so many there's so many people on it and I guess the thing is if you get texts and you want to be off the chain, yes. You can't get off the chain if everybody I think if everybody in the group doesn't have an iPhone, like if uh, someone has an, an, a different type of phone, then uh you can't you can't, you can't get, exit the conversation? No. No, you can't. And it's weird. It's like, you know, it's like weird, creepy, you know, like group sex stuff. And oh, you know, wow. like, you know, I, I can't even I don't even want to can't even, don't even say it out loud. I don't even want to so say bad. it out loud. It's so disgusting. Well, this is related to that. So my brother, oh, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> How many, you know, I, I probably have like 10 people that I hope don't listen to. This <laughs> <laughs> and, so one is my and one is including my husband. Yeah, I hope I hope my brother's not listening. So my brother will send these massive text chains, right? And right. it'll be like my mom and my not stepdad Leo and uh, Juan and my aunt Linda and my cousin Jason and my brother Brian and his his daughter Morgan. It goes on and on and on and on. And it will be something like here's a here's a picture of me at this dinner. And so. My my thought is, God, how do I get out of this? But unfortunately, they can see if you exit the conversation. And so I stay in the conversation just so that he doesn't know that I've exited. Right. But there's no way to do it, Grace. There's no way to exit a text conversation without them knowing. So, uh, Travis, maybe include me on a few less of your group text messages. Yeah. You know what? I really hate the group text. Oh. And, and I was on, I think it, I was, I was working. Oh, I think we were maybe on a podcast together and I just kept on like looking over to my phone and it was just blowing up with, and then what happens sometimes like, like, like a girlfriend of mine, her, her husband's daughter had a baby. So she sends a group text, not just to our group of friends, but all these people that I don't know. Yes. So then all these people keep on. And I'm like, who's Elizabeth? It's and like, then every time somebody responds, you get their response. I so get their response. They're all blowing up your phone. 
And all right. So I, I leave that. But there are times where I've been on group text with friends and I said, you got to stop. Just take, <laughs> take me off. I'm working. I'm like, I'm, I, I get the gist of it gone on way too long. You know, it's kind of like I, I was joking with a friend. I was like, when you're, t- when someone's texting you yep. and you say, okay, meet me at so-and-so and you're like, okay, you know, all right, I'll be there. And, and, uh, and then it's like, okay, see you there. And then, then you write back, okay, looking forward to seeing you. And then it's like, maybe a, like a thumbs up, you know, emoji. And then someone yeah. sends like a, a, a love, you know, a heart. And then it's like, at what point can you just, you just, you, you, I'll see you there. I'll see you there. We that don't need, enough. we don't need all the extra. Yes. I can't wait. And oh yeah. And what, you know, it's fire it's, emoji. <laughs> it just goes on forever. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm thinking like, even, even like in business, like I'll get it. Uh, um, I'll get an email from, you know, like people that, you know, my partner and I are working with and it's like, okay, looking forward to seeing you you know, looking forward to our Zoom meeting or whatever. And then I'm thinking, do I night do I need to write back? Like, yeah, looking forward to seeing you. And then like like when do I stop it with them? Because we don't have like a personal relate, even though we're we we talk to, you know, we we meet with each other. And I don't want to disrespect somebody. Right. So, so when do you stop saying when do you stop with the thank you? And I'm one thumbs up to should and- do it. One <laughs> thumbs up should do it. That's what emojis are for. They say a lot without saying anything. Uh, all right. So our guest today, and I want to ask him about some of this stuff. Our guest today is one of the up and coming stars in Hollywood. His breakout role was in the movie Straight Out of Compton. His film roles have included Ingrid Goes West, Den of Thieves, Long Shot and Just Mercy also starred in the series Swagger for Apple Plus. His new project is the Star Wars series Obi-Wan Kenobi. It premieres May 27th on Disney Plus. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is here. O'Shea, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Good to see y'all again. You know, you were a guest on our very first Culture Pop podcast. And now here you are. We're like a hundred and 90 episodes deep into this thing and, and you're, you're back we've been we've been pretty committed to this man nice grind. And, and and it's all because of you because you were the first one yeah you know <laughs> I, I i appreciate people recognizing my accomplishments you know it's it's a good look thank you guys for having me again so we were just talking about this um we talked about group text messages and uh, Sue and I both get group text messages all the time, and they've got many, many people on them. And uh, is it okay to like get out of a text message to say, "Oh, I'm exiting this conversation," or is it like my brother who will send you know twenty of us a text, and he notices if I opt out? I never ever opt out of a group chat ever. Really. Like, I've never done it so much. So, like, I've had people, I've had, I have group chats in my phone from uh, 2018. Like, I have, like, I never exit them out. First of all, number one, because I like to keep receipts for when people are lying and I can go (laughs) back and and call them out on it. No, you did say that. But, um, yeah, it's so bad. If you were to take a look at my, my, the bottom of my phone right now, I don't know if you guys can see. It's oh, yeah. You've got 2,090. Oh Is that unread text messages? Yeah, because it's group chats that either 
I forgot to answer. They're still going. I got multiple uh, fantasy league group chats. I got my family's group chats. I got, you know, it's a, it's a, I got a, a one that's just strictly my gamer friends. Uh, I got a wrestling one. I've, I've got, I've got plenty one for swagger. Uh, I, I've got plenty of group chats. I got like almost some of them got up to 20 people in them. So I've got 244 unread, which isn't too bad compared to yours, man. <laughs> Dude, how many do you have? I have one. One. <laughs> By the way, I think I, just, I, er- I erase a lot of stuff that's just not relevant. They're so relevant. And I'm not trying. I'm not trying to take anybody to like friend court. <laughs> <laughs> I got you with my my <laughs> But it is true. I think actually the older you get, the fewer unread messages you have in your email box, in your text box. Does that? Oh, is that a statement on being older than you? <laughs> well, no, but Shay, Shay's got 2,000. I've got 244. Yeah. You've got one. Yeah, you guys are way more reliable. Yeah. Easy, easy to get to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, email, I've got over 21,000 unread emails. Yeah. Email, that I can't help myself with. Yeah. I mean, I got, I'm, I'm subscribed to every app in the world. You know, and they're, they're sending you offers and deals and it's just a lot of junk mail in mine. So if you just keep on scrolling on your on the on your phone, on the face of your phone, it just goes on forever with apps. Correct. Yeah, oh, I mean, apps, like, yeah, yeah I oh, uh, really I'm pretty I'm pretty bad. Dude. Like if it's if it's any any of the pluses, I probably have it. Any of the, uh, you know, just anything that where I could. Well, like Peacock, I watch Peacock solely for wrestling it's not like an app that i use all the time but it's still subtracting from the account you know so it, it, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for apps anything media you gotta watch on uh on peacock this show called something about pam do you know what this one is no okay mm. so have you seen it too yes okay so renee zellweger plays this woman it's from dateline plays this woman uh who is up to all kinds of murder and, and, and bad stuff. And Keith Morrison, the guy from uh, Dateline is the one that narrates it. So mm-hmm. he's like, uh, he's very like, uh, everyone was supposed to be asleep. Little did they know the roommate was involved in murder. And he would, <laughs> that's, the, that's the way Keith Morrison does. It's, it's awesome. It's really fun, but it's, it's on Peacock. You're a, you're a big wrestling guy, right? Yeah, I'm super into wrestling. I um, at my dad's concert last night, I got to meet a wrestler by the name of R Truth, and I was pretty excited about that. So, uh, and my my agent is uh, the Rock's agent. You know, shout out to Brad Slater. Uh, also, shout out to Sam Leon, my other agent. That's my girl. But uh, but Brad, uh, he always hooks me up with free tickets to wrestling. You know, it's one of the perks that uh, he used to sign me. So it's um, yeah, I'm a big wrestling fan. Super into it. Do you did you watch like old wrestling guys like Bruno San Martino like like in the old days? Oh wow, Bruno, Bruno that's a that's a super classic name. I, I'm my sister uh, is a like wrestling historian. She is like a book when it comes to that type of stuff. Um, so me and her, we watch you know all the old school uh, wrestlers every now and then. She she watched literally the first episode of Monday Night Raw and has been like continuing this thing over the last years, trying to catch up and Raw is still going. So it's, it's been a battle with her. Um, I even got my, my little girl every now and then she'll watch wrestling with me. Her first match that she saw when she was like a baby, baby, you know, when they're just like 
that cute loaf of bread you take care of. Uh, she was watching uh, Macho Man versus Crush. That was uh, that was her first match, and she loves when uh, when the girls wrestle. When uh, when she loves watching women wrestling, um, Bianca Belair is her favorite right now. Uh, I think Sasha Banks is the best female wrestler I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, WWE is a is a, a key part of my family. Now, was was wrestling like regular wrestling? Because when I was growing up, my junior high school and high school bred like like state champions. But th- this wasn't like, you know, the TV kind of wrestling. These guys were really great, authentic wrestlers. Um, yeah. did, was that something that that you were into when you were growing up, like in school? Um, no, it was, uh, you know, it was all really uh, the, the professional wrestling. That was really, you know, what I what I dug. I dug, uh, you know, the characters, uh, uh, you know, talking on the mic, the charisma that they have to have. But if you if you know WWE, you know the people with an actual wrestling background are the ones that stand out right now. Um, I think the most popular one uh, is uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, Brock Lesnar uh, went to the university of Minnesota was uh, a, a champion of wrestling. He was a monster and um, he was the the first guy from WWE where, you know, they say, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's scripted or, or you, they know who's going to win. Then he left WWE and went to UFC and became the world heavyweight champion at UFC. And then just to show them, like, no, I could, I could really put hands on you. And then went back to WWE where it's a little safer. <laughs> I don't follow wrestling. I pretend like I do sometimes on the radio. Like I pretend like, oh, yeah, Michael Thompson, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but uh, but describe the de- describe why I should be. Well, what is what is the appeal? It's the personalities, right? Yeah, the personalities um, at the end of the day these athletes are going out there putting their bodies on the line and it's all about um it's all about the crowd it's all about putting on a show and there's just some there's some things that they do during these 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 matches um if you if you really want to see a spectacle i would say you, you know wrestlemania is the super bowl of wrestling you know that is when they're going to put on their best show their best matches and that's when they're going to they're going to leave you with something that um, that you'll remember for the rest of your life. This next WrestleMania is going to be at SoFi. Mm. So it is going that when they come to LA, Vince McMahon goes all out, Steve. It yeah. is going to be insane. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, all about the charisma of the stars being able to perform uh, in front of a live audience and, and the pressure that that puts on. And of course, sacrificing their bodies. And I know that's, barbaric to say but there's nothing like seeing a guy fall off a 20-foot ladder into a table like there's nothing (laughs) (laughs) nothing more exciting and you know the the best wrestlers do the 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 extreme what they call bumps without hurting the other one you know the, the more you can do these things and the guy is able to get up go home and see his family that's when you know that that dude that you're working with is a great wrestler. So what's a bump? That's a stunt? Yeah, a bump is a stunt, you know, going through a table, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking a big hit or either, either from a chair or from another wrestler. They call them bumps because, like, it's going to bump. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a little jackassy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And Johnny Knoxville just had a match at WrestleMania where he pulled out all the stunts. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Super entertaining. And uh, yeah, it's like 
watching the most athletic stuntmen in the world. It's uh, and the, and the women, the women have really started a, a a a revolution over the last what seven years, where they have you know that women's wrestling was kind of put onto the wayside, you know, kind of the back burner in the company, and uh, you know it it kind of raised a, a generation of women that wanted to show that no we can do more we can we can put on a show just as good and in my opinion sometimes better than the men and they've revolutionized women wrestling over at WWE uh people like um Natalia people like Naomi uh Sasha Banks Charlotte Flair Rick Flair's daughter um Becky Lynch uh Bailey the four horsewomen you know it's um it's a spectacle to see and uh Personally, when I go to some of these events, I know that the women know that they got to put on. So you're more excited to see them because they're going to go all out. They're going to do everything they can to make sure that you're, you know, you're left with something you'll, you'll never forget. Right now, our, our champion is Bianca Belair. Uh, our, our champion on the other show, Charlotte Flair, is going to go up against Ronda Rousey for the title this Sunday. So it's going down, bro. You know, I don't know. It's it's just real quick. It's it's going to sound like reverse sex, you know, is on my part. But there's something about seeing women like beating each other up or getting, and getting beaten. <laughs> and, and it's even like in boxing, you know, like like and I used to joke about it in my act. I would say like. You know, like this, it's like the only thing in boxing, like with women, like the weigh in, like w- what woman wants to, anyone to know how much she weighs, you know, yeah. but but actually seeing a woman with with like black eyes and a busted nose. There's something just something it. so wrong about that you know, to me. I mean, like I know personally from my perspective, I'm a mama's boy. I got one sister and God gave me a daughter. All right. So I am all about. Lady empowerment, and I, you know, I, I view and respect women to the highest regard. But I just see women, you know, in my mind, you know, it's delicate. You're supposed to be nice to a lady, so when you see a lady that can beat some ass, <laughs> it's like it's something about that. It's just something I, I, I get a kick out of uh, seeing the uh, the barbaric side of ladies. My my current girlfriend right now, I told her that the reason why I started liking her is because. I feel like if there was a fire, you could come get me. You could come oh, nice. get me up and get me out that building. Anybody else? I'm done. I'm done, son. As soon as there's some smoke, if I'm asleep, that's a picture wrap on O'Shea Jackson Jr. But, you know, my, the one I got downstairs, she'll kick down that door and come get me, Steve. Well, you know, there I, I took boxing lessons, not kickboxing, regular boxing lessons. And, and it was great. And I loved it. And I was doing it for a couple of months. And my husband was telling people, Ever since I started taking boxing lessons, I was talking back a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I can give him a punch, you know, like yeah, we would we would kind of like, you know, like air spar. And yeah. he's like, whoa, you know, and like I would, you know, be able to move out of the way. And, you know, I mean, it definitely is empowering. It, it, it was really fun. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my current girlfriend, she uh, she was an athlete, you know, heavy in the basketball. She um she worked for for Kobe at a uh, when Kobe had his Kobe camp. So she's a, she's a little athlete, and I you know I dig that. I'm I'm into that. <laughs> so I saw something in the last two months where there was some sort of video or Instagram picture of you, and it looked like there was an elevator behind you. Do you have an elevator that opens into your 
house into your apartment? Perhaps. <laughs> I saw an escalator and I thought that was weird. <laughs> yeah, this um, you know, my uh my spot might have an elevator in it. I just, you know, I don't like stairs. I I you know, I've been going to the gym getting ready for dinner thieves. And I don't like the stairs. I, as little cardio as I can do as possible. So, yeah, I um, when we did the, uh, we were watching the Laker game for that 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 Pizza Hut thing. That's we, right. We did that yeah. uh, virtual watching party on on Zoom. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went downstairs to get the pizza, and then uh, I, I didn't realize my computer was turned to the elevator, and people just see me just appear and walk out. Impressive. Yeah, come, that's you know. impressive, man. <laughs> that's very. That's very uh, Batman. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I dig it. Do you um, have a pole? Do you have a pole in your house too? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Uh, yeah, the elevator. That's a pretty nice touch. Um, it's definitely a uh, conversation starter. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned uh, we we haven't talked about it, but swagger. Since the last time we talked to you, swagger. Um, Sue, I don't know if you got a chance to see any of this, but uh, didn't. great, great series on Apple Plus basketball series takes you inside the world of AAU. How much feedback did you get from guys that have either current AAU guys or guys who came that uh, through that program or coaches? How much feedback do you get from all that? Um, I think the biggest, of course, you know, being attached to, to KD, um, you know, we wanted to show just like how authentic uh, we could be in that realm. And I think Kevin Durant, obviously, by Swagger being his, you know, his baby, uh, gave us the most feedback as possible. I know I've been talking also with uh, Damian Lillard. If we get uh, if we get picked up for season two, you know, Dame, Dame wants to get his uh, some acting chops down. And uh, if that's my way of convincing him to come to the Lakers, I'll do whatever I can possible, Steve. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's definitely good to see how people have embraced the show. Um, we're still in the air as far as whether or not we're going to get a season two. I know personally, uh, Apple needs a show like Swagger. I'll just let that conversation die right there. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Swagger, Swagger is a. Uh, as far as the projects I've done, Swagger has a key part in my heart because of the kids. You know, when you when you are the older actor, or like when you are the person, the mentor, it's a different type of feeling and. I love those kids, dude. Like those guys, and and of course Quavon Janae. They um, when you're with somebody for half a year, you know, working together to to make a project, you guys develop a bond. And I only want the best for them. And Swagger needs a season two. We need to see a season two so we can um, we can let these young actors spread their wings a little bit. I, I want nothing but success for these kids. So it sounds like you you kind of performed in this mentor role for some younger actors who you've worked with, you know, gigantic stars, Charlize Theron, on and on. Who who's been the best mentor for you? Um, let's see. I know that Seth Rogen has actually, you know, we've had business conversations. Um, he's given me advice on you know, some of the things that I've been trying to pitch, uh, you know, pitch around Hollywood. Um, he's been great for me. Obviously, my number one mentor is my father. Uh, he's always had my back. He's, uh, you know, he's 
he wants me to talk to him more about stuff. You know, every every week uh, we see each other. He's like, well, what's new, man? I'm like, Dad, I, I just saw you yesterday. Nothing. Nothing's new, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he's, just, he's ready to, you know, to be my coach in, um, in all this. But uh, of the people I work with, uh, Seth Rogen has been the most open ear. Uh, actually, uh, Indira uh, from Obi-Wan Kenobi, she's mm-hmm. given me some great advice. Um, Ewan McGregor has also given me some great advice. Um, but as far as the biggest uh, communication uh, back and forth, it would probably be Seth. Hmm. Have you uh, talked to your dad about doing projects together? Oh, yeah, we definitely have. Um, we're excited about it. We just want it to be the right thing, you know, whether or not like somebody else brings it to us or it, it's something that we both write together. We know that it's something that, you know, we're like his fans, my fans, they're pretty much the same people. So like they're waiting for that, you know, they're, they're waiting for that. So like, we know it has to be right. I just told him, you know, let me do a couple more of these, you know, star Wars projects. So they have mm-hmm. to pay me the, a good amount as well <laughs> when they sign me up. But yeah, we know that, uh, we know that it's something that can be special, you know, to be able to work together. And, uh, it just has to be the right thing where, we both feel whether or not we want it to be a comedy, whether we want it to be a drama where we both know that we can excel and exceed it and lift each other up. So it's coming. It's coming. We have to find it still though. So you mentioned Den of Thieves. Is there officially now going to be a Den of Thieves too? It is happening. I leave to film Den of Thieves in October. Awesome, man. Cool. Yeah, it's going down. We, um, we originally were, going to uh film it in in uh in europe you know obviously a little bit of europe and uh a little bit in serbia but i don't know if you guys have been looking at the news yeah there's some <laughs> stuff on the map. yeah there's a couple of things going on over Concerning, there yeah. <laughs> serbia serbia i don't know about you but serbia sound real russian so, <laughs> like, you know we uh we kind of had to hold back a little bit and, um, you know, we found some new locations in Europe where, you know, everybody would be completely safe. Uh, but, yeah, there will be a Den of Thieves, too. I've been training since September of last year um, with, a, with a little two-month hiatus where I had to kind of get back into training. Um, but I've lost uh, 35 pounds Whoa. and uh, put on about almost, almost 10 pounds of muscle. And so uh, I'm going to be, I can't let Michael B. Jordan get all the good jobs, damn it. You know, yes. I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to stop using the elevator. <laughs> oh, man. I'm using that. Ele- you don't buy an elevator to use the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom went to see, I, you, I've told you the story. My mom and not stepdad Leo went to see Den of Thieves. And my mom's review was your friend O'Shea sure gets beat up a lot. Uh, yeah. You did get the snot kicked out of you during the course of that of that movie. Is this is is this like your revenge, Den of Thieves too? Do you get to do some of the ass kicking? Oh yeah, I don't, I'm not getting buffed to get beat up. Let me tell you that. So I'm uh I'm definitely going to be uh, Donnie's going to be a, a a whole different person. You know, the first Den of Thieves, I was kind of playing a role. You know, I had to play. I had to keep it cool and, and you know be the be the snitch. You know, and kind of be the in the cut guy that nobody was focused on because at the end of the day, Donnie was the the mastermind. 
And also, I will say this. When I took the first Den of Thieves, I really needed the money, Steve. <laughs> really, oh, come on. No, 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 no. Because, like, obviously my parents are always going to have my bag, but I just, they didn't raise that type of guy to just be like, you know, you know, have that safety net. So when the first Straight out, when Straight Outta Compton happened, the movie makes $200 million. Yep. Shay doesn't get any of that. All right. Let me just <laughs> put that out there. All right. Shay was a not even a solid thousandaire after that movie. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, so after it comes out and you know it's it's number one three weeks in a row, it's got an Oscar nomination for screenplay. And I'm just like, all right, my phone is about to blow up. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, let's go, let's get it. And I was waiting by that phone for a year. Wow. All right. For a year. Wow. And so the bank account is like, bro, we need to we need to do some commercials or so. Like, you need to sell some on Instagram. We need to do something. And so uh, I switched up my agency. I was like, yo, I need somebody to, to really get me out there. I got Inger Goes West. But Inger Goes West was a an indie. Yeah. You know, I'm getting paid 200 a day. It's not like, you know, I'm. it's not really going to help too much. So when it came to Den of Thieves, it was like, all right, uh, this is another meeting I'm having. This guy, Christian Gutegas, he's really excited about this movie. And he says, I don't die. Let's just do it. I don't care. Whatever it is, I, let's just do it. And so we picked it up. And so, you know, after I've already been picked up, I'm reading the script. I'm like, yo, I'm getting beat up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> They want me to get in an air vent? Like, what, what is all this? Do we read this? Well, did you? No, no, I didn't. I just kind of picked it up. And, you know, by the by the grace of the Lord, that's probably, after Strata Compton, Den of Thieves is my biggest movie. I mean, it's my first sequel. So, you know, it just, it just lucked out that way. But actors out there, read the script. Read the script. Man. Oh, read the script. Yeah. It's always on the page if you read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot in that movie. But everybody died but me. So that's a good movie. <laughs> so now you got Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know. Oh, how did how did you get the how did you get the part? I was um I was filming Swagger. Um and my agents hit me. Hey, we need you to be available 12 o'clock Wednesday. We don't care. You have to take this meeting. I said, okay, absolutely. They're they're never uh they never have me in the dark like that. So it was like, okay, all right, this is this got to be something. So I made sure, you know, I was available, um, filming schedule and all that. And I'm sitting and I'm waiting. And then, uh, yeah, I, I get the email for the Zoom link. And it says, you know, Deborah Chow uh, as, uh, for, and I forget the, the code name that they use, but they never, they never put the real name in right. any of the emails or anything. But so I clicked it and she said, uh, it was Deborah Chow. She was talking to me and um, we were talking about uh, the Mandalorian and like all this other stuff. And I'm like, OK, there's no way this is a Star Wars meeting. <laughs> like, there's no way this is a Star Wars meeting. And then she's like, so, you know, we, we want to do um, the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series. OK, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> she's like, yeah, she's going on and on about the story and like where we're finding Obi-Wan and like you know, all the things that's going through his head and, 
you know, just the, the things that he's going to see throughout the series. And in my mind, I'm thinking, should this lady be telling me all this? <laughs> <laughs> really like breaking down. So you lot. hadn't signed like a non-disclosure agreement or anything it was like that? Nothing. So I'm like, yo, this is kind of nuts right now. Uh, what is happening? And uh, so she kind of starts telling me about uh, the character that she wants me to play. And so I'm like, okay, do I get sides? Like, is it like a thing where, you know, is it a self-tape? She goes, oh, no, I, I, I want you. Wow. Whoa. Yes, really? You do, you know know, do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> For real? And so she was like, yeah, like, you, this is your part. We're, we're telling you, we want, we want to work with you. And I was like, oh, how did we get here? She was like, you're, you have done every genre, which was a, a strategy of mine with my career after Straight Outta Compton. I didn't, I, I told my agents, we need to do something the polar opposite. Do not let them typecast me. So we did the indie, which led to the action movie, which led to sci-fi with Godzilla, which led to comedy with Seth Rogen, and then back to biopics with Just Mercy. I always wanted to jump genres like that. And she was like, you showed the versatility and the the warmth and also the strength that this character needs. I was like, oh, I'm already there. I went to Swagger the next day. Like, yeah, so uh, I'm going to be leaving you guys in a little bit. I need y'all to work this out. I got bigger, <laughs> I got big things. To do. The, mouse the, mouse, the mouse called me and uh, he needs me. So I was ready. Wow, that is so cool to just be offered it like that, huh? Man, is this oh, the first time? Is this the first time you were like flat out offered a role without having to audition? I mean, a role, a, a role and project of this size, absolutely. This is what I've been waiting for. I've been wait. I hate auditioning, Sue. Yeah, it is like the most frustrating thing to me to sit with some sides for like a week, week and a half. And then, like, you you got it down pack exactly how you want to do it. And then you walk into this room that's got five people at a table, one chair, and a camera in front of it. Like, they're just going to murder you. And you sit there, and you just blank out. Everything that you remembered, everything that you had down pat just leaves you. And it's the most excruciating thing I have to do, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I auditioned for a bunch of stuff, you know, back in the day. And... You know, I would always think if I were a casting person, I would want every person who walks in that door to be the person I want, you know, yeah. and I would want to make them feel as comfortable as possible. And mm. I auditioned with casting agents who were so cold and like, like, you don't know, like, do I say hi? Do I extend my hand to sh like everything could be the wrong thing? Like right. everything could be a reason why they don't want you even before you audition. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, oh man, I've, I've lost auditions because I was too tall. I lost an audition because we don't think you're nerdy enough. I said, first of all, you don't know me. Have you seen my Instagram? It's full of cartoons. Like I'm, I, I can get there if you need me to. But uh, luckily there was one audition that I just like kind of just phoned in because uh, my man, my rock, Carmen Cuba, my favorite, my favorite casting. Uh, she's uh, she's amazing. She uh, put in a good word for me when it came to Obi-Wan Kenobi. But when I was first starting out, I was auditioning for Alien Covenant. And uh, 
yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in the auditioning room with Carmen and I'm going over it. And then something kind of clicked in me where I was like, I've seen every alien movie. And there's usually just one survivor in all these movies. And it's usually a lady. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to live. Carmen, do I live? <laughs> okay, I'm going to I'm cool. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just, I just can't like, I just, uh, I couldn't die gruesomely to an, uh, an, a xenomorph. Like I just can't, I'm not, I wasn't ready for that at that point. In my career. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Great. Carmen, Carmen Cuba, check her out. So what can you, cause I'm sure this is, it's like lock and key padlock. Uh, nobody can know any, but what, what can you say, if anything, about Obi-Wan Kenobi? It premieres May the 27th. That I know that much. Um, what I what I can say, all right, let me let me dance around information people already know and kind of let them get excited about it. This is like my strategy. Um, there were days where I was so excited to work in the Star Wars world. Um, it was it was definitely the funnest time i've had at work since straight out of compton straight out of compton i had got into such a mode where you know i was i was doing it for my family i was doing it for myself and my career um and i had you know at that time my 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 comrades you know those were my my boys that 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 whole cast and uh just to see my father proud every day I was having the time of my life and um, Star Wars um, brought that same type of excitement. I was so happy to be at work. Um, I will say this. There were days on Star Wars that I wasn't scheduled to be there and I just showed up because I want to see Darth Vader. Mm. I got to see Darth Vader, you yes. know, like, mm. like right there. And it's a it's a it's a crazy feeling, um, you know. It's it, it's crazy to see you and McGregor dressed as Obi Wan. Yeah, you know it is. It's insane, you know, just to to be able to see these things that I saw as a, a, a child, and little did I know that, you know, younger Shay, if you just wait, little buddy. <laughs> You're going to be right there. And so, yeah, there were days where I was watching scenes that I'm not in just to see you in, just to see, you know, Vader, just to see, you know, those those things, because uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I feel like everybody is going to love it. Everybody's going to wish it was more than six parts, um, just like me. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's truly a special thing. I hope um I hope people really enjoy it the way that I enjoyed working on it. Mm. So if I remember, because I've seen all the Star Wars movies, if I remember right, this has to fall before the latest trilogy because Obi-Wan got sort of swept away during one of the, uh, I, I don't know if it was Last Jedi or the one that came before that, right? No, no. Oh, yeah. Obi-Wan, you know, we lost Obi-Wan. Uh, we lost Obi Wan in A New Hope. So this is a this is before A New Hope, after, uh, after the the prequels, right after the prequels. Exactly. Yeah, there's no exactly. there's no Vader until after Revenge of the Sith, and you know, you and McGregor has to turn into uh, 
uh, Alec, Alec McGinnis. Alec McGinnis, exactly. <laughs> By A New Hope. So, it, yeah, it, it's in between then. And uh, I was nervous because in my mind, I'm like, where are we going to film this? You know, because if it's one thing about Star Wars, like you're going to be in a desert in robes. And I'm just, uh, you know, that just sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm either, whatever character I play, they're either going to have me in the oversized robe or I'm going to be in some gear. So it's just <laughs> like, please don't be in Arizona somewhere or just like Palm Springs. Let's like, where are we going to do this? And they're like, oh, you get to do it on the volume and the volume. That is amazing. It is the technology they use for the Mandalorian. And uh, now, wait a minute. What's the volume? Yeah, what is that? that? It is a giant room that is surrounded with a giant screen where they can digitally put you anywhere they want to put wow. you. Wow. Like anywhere. And it is insane. It is a. Just imagine the world around you right now. And at any time, uh, just like just like that, it could turn into a white screen, almost like um, almost like uh, 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 in the Matrix when they go into like the architect room and like all those guns come out. Yeah, like that like that's the only way I can describe it. It is technology that, you know, they've been they've done countless like interviews and, and, and uh, uh, footage of for the Mandalorian and the technology that Disney is using for star Wars that they have in that room is something that first of all, I'm sure is expensive as hell, but it could save so many films that ran into problems with locations Hmm. and, and, you know, losing daylight and, you know, all these natural things that have happened through filmmaking. Uh, They've really changed the game and, you know, to work on that thing, um, whether you know it or not, actors is a bucket list. Where is that thing? Uh, it's in, it's right. Uh, it's in LA. It's not, you know, I didn't have to fly anywhere. I was driving to work. I haven't been able to drive to work. Yeah. In like years, dude. So it was, uh, it was a blessing to be able to, um, go to space and stay in LA. <laughs> was it challenging as an actor to not be in a natural environment? Um, you would think, but it's just, it's weird because the, the volume is able to show depth on camera. It's able to like, it's, it, it's, it's impossible for you to tell that I'm not at the location. And it's great to be able to do that without a uh, blue or green screen. You know, that was the one thing about Godzilla is, you know, I'm excited because I've always been a Godzilla fan. I've always wanted to be next to Godzilla. And it, it took me the drive to set in Atlanta to realize, oh, I'm never going to see Godzilla. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to be around Godzilla this entire time. Cause it's all blue screen. You're all look trying to get the right eye line, trying to get the right. You're supposed to be looking at look at this orange sticker that we put fifty feet high, and everybody looking at it at the right angle, and you know all these things with the volume. It allows everybody to have the right direction. Everybody follows the right thing that they're supposed to, and it is uh, it's a lifesaver. It is so much better than blue screen. I, I know. I know it, it had to be amazing for everyone who was involved in the prequel of Star Wars 
because I, I've seen those behind the scenes over and over, and their entire set was blue. You right. know, their entire set was blue screen. So I'm sure those guys had a great time uh, being able to see what they're talking about. Yeah. Wow. Well, have you thought about the idea that somehow your storyline, because now, you know, a Star Wars series can be folded into a movie or characters can carry over into movie. Have you thought about that? The idea of sort of being part of this bigger Star Wars universe? Um, I love it. I just want, I just want to be able to look back on my career and see that the things that really meant something to me, I'll forever be a part of, hmm. you know, like Godzilla has 36 movies. <laughs> One of those I'm a part of, I got to be part of the canon of Godzilla for, for eternity, you know, and just to be able to be in star Wars lore um, it's, it's something that you don't, you want, but you kind of don't expect. It's like, you know, a, a, an athlete, they, they train to get to the Super Bowl. They train to get to the NBA finals. So there's a piece of them that always thinks that like, that is a possibility that can happen with me. I play pretend for money. And so sometimes they don't want me, you know, that I don't fit or they don't, they can't see me in it. And so it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's an unexpected surprise. Yeah. My whole career, uh, what I, what I plan to do, Steve, and this is solely because of Mason and Ireland. Yes. I will under <laughs> and I will over deliver. There you go. <laughs> well you're That's definitely good. delivering man uh obi-wan kenobi yeah that is so exciting i can't uh, wait to really talk to you about it yeah like, me I too me to. too yeah <laughs> it, it premieres on may the 27th on disney plus shay great seeing you man uh we'll we'll do this again soon we'll do this in another 200 episodes hopefully sooner than that Bro, as soon as it premieres so i can break down my character please we will do right. it we will do it thanks shay Thanks, Thanks, guys. I'm going to eat food now. They <laughs> and there you have it. There is our friend O'Shea Jackson Jr. It won't be 200 episodes before we have oh, him back. I'm going to do not. that again soon. No, I forgot to give him crap about uh, fantasy uh, baseball. Oh, that's right. That was a disaster. Crapped out on me. I've got so I've got this fantasy baseball league that is a very challenging league. Right? You would agree. It is. Um, and somehow you became teamed up with O'Shea on a somehow fantasy. you you teamed us up. Oh, is that is that how it was? You so, told me that if I teamed up with him because he was he didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, he was looking for somebody, and me being new to the to the whole situation thought it would be good to be with him. And you said he was going to pay for it, and I'm like, I what he's going to pay for it? I'm in, right? Because yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. expensive. It is expensive. Yeah. And um, and then we go to the draft and I've never, ever done anything like this before. Yes. And he doesn't show up. So here I am by myself. Yes. But he assured me that he'd be texting me the entire time. And was he? He texted me, I think, twice. <laughs> 
and you know it goes on for hours yeah it does it's and, a good it's a good five or six hours and for people who don't know what this entails is that you're given a certain amount of money and you have to be very very careful how you spend your money not to spend too much money up front don't spend too much money on a player yep and i just like went nuts in the first couple of rounds <laughs> yes, and you did i spent all this money on um on uh, DeGrom, on, um, who's a guy from, um, oh God, uh, Milwaukee, uh, not Milwaukee. Uh, uh, Kristen Yelich. Oh, uh, Kristen Yelich. Kristen Yelich, yeah. I spent a lot of money on Kristen Yelich. And then I'm I'm texting uh, O'Shea to let him know, you know, like what I'm doing. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, like he was a little concerned that I was spending too much <laughs> money up front. And, uh, and then he just, he just abandoned me. And then during so funny, cause then, you know, and then, you know, I had a pretty decent team. I mean, I had a, your you know, team beat my team, my team beat your team. Yeah. But then there were trades that happened throughout the season yes. and I became obsessed with it. And, uh, cause I hate to lose. And, uh, and then, you know, you would ask me, do you want to trade? And I would be like, do you, and you would say, no, this is a really good trade. And I'm like a really good trade for who a really good trade for you. <laughs> and then like some of the other guys, I don't know whether they were preying on my, you know, the newness of it all. For they me. were, they were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here I am, this like, you know, virgin player. And uh, <laughs> they're all like, and they keep on, they keep on throwing trades out to me. And I'm like, uh, 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 I'm not as stupid as you think I am. I actually do know baseball. So then I get a text from Shay saying to me, I have some ideas of, of, of what you should do. And then I, I didn't, I don't hear from him. And I text him back and I said, are, are you keeping this to yourself? <laughs> Thinking, oh, he's going to laugh and then text me back. I never heard from him again. I think it's fair to say Shay was not fully committed. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> shit. He left me hanging. This is the first time I've talked to him since then. That was like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, your but team anyway. did surprisingly well. It did, it did beat my team. Yes. So that's saying something. <laughs> saying something alright uh, hey don't forget you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast subscribe on Apple Spotify and at SteveMason.com please leave us a rating and review Sue great stuff today fun see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast